One of the age-old questions in Christianity is how do you connect with Christ and maintain that relationship? Today, we discuss how we can do this in sports and how we as athletes can learn to prioritize that connection over everything that comes along with being an athlete. For this conversation, I invited on author, pastor, speaker, and former athlete Robert Bass to talk about this interesting topic and what he has learned from his time as an athlete. Robert has had a very unique journey in becoming a pastor, and he explains a lot more about that journey a little bit in our conversation today. We also get to talk about his new book, Hidden Fruit, Receive All That God Has For You. And this book is not just for athletes, I might add. Uh, But as someone who has read it, I would highly recommend it to every single Christian out there that listens to this. I will make sure to put the link in the description for that. But before we get into that today, please make sure to follow the show and share it with someone, anyone really out there. Uh, I, I truly hope you enjoy. And like always, thank you so much for listening today. But without further ado, let's get into it today. How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Competing for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and today we get to talk to Robert Bass. Robert, I am so thrilled that you got to come on today, sir. How are you doing? Great. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited for today, and we have a lot to talk about for sure, uh, including your new new book, Hidden Fruit. Uh, That is so, so great. Uh, I read it, obviously, but uh, as we get kicked off today, I would love if you just gave us some background on you as a Christian athlete growing up and today. Yeah, so I started playing tennis at five years old. So I uh, started early, I guess. Um, my dad needed something to keep me active and busy. <laughs> so <laughs> I started playing tennis super young, and it was really healthy for me. Um, when when I wasn't playing tennis or sports, you could kind of see my grades fluctuate, uh, even in my attitude. So for me, sports played a massive role in me growing up and maturing. And so I uh, started playing young, played all the way to high school, had a scholarship at a major uh, college and university. And uh, man, it's just, it, sports has always been a part of my life. Uh, volleyball also played, you know, lived in Destin, Florida for a little while with beautiful beaches and clear water. And so uh, sports has always been a part of my life one way or another, whether I was p- playing, you know, competitively or just for fun. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And how was that relationship with sports growing up? What was it like going through obviously high school and and into college too? Yeah, there's, there's a big transition there. Um, I I know for me, high school was a big uh, decision-making time, right? You have all of these options that you can do or all this future that's ahead of you. And it kind of can kind of be overwhelming right? You have so many options, you almost don't know what to do. And so it's a pivotal point in your life. And I was blessed to have parents and people in my life to help guide me. And so that was such an important season in my life. Uh, Coaches that were there to to able to speak into my life. And so having those people, I would just say, allowing people to speak into your life in those seasons, it's just so important. Hmm. 
I know I had a few people in my life that if I didn't have them, I would probably have been more off the rails than I already was. Uh, and yeah, just kind of reining, reining back there. And Robert, as you, as you went through your athletic experience, what did you learn about frustration and just going through failure as an athlete? Yes, that's why I love sports. It teaches you how to deal with failure, right? We're all going to experience setback and failures. And so sports teaches you that there's another day. Right for tennis, there's another point, there's another rep, there's there's another game that you can play, and so uh, learning how to deal with failure, failures and setbacks is so important in your life. And so, uh, tennis helped me do that. Sports was a big factor in that. Uh, yes, I was upset. Right? <laughs> who 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 likes to lose? So I was upset when I lost and had these setbacks, but um, it taught me that I can persevere that there's more in me than I could ever imagine. And so failure has a good way of setting our focus uh, right if we let it. And so uh, a failure, a setback is only a true failure or setback if we stop, if we don't continue and allow ourselves to grow. And so in sports, you have a choice. I can take this loss. I can take this injury, whatever it may be. Uh, and and I can let this be the end, or I can choose to grow from it and learn from it. Yeah, that's that's crucial. And uh, I know for for myself and my athletic experience, I did not handle frustration well. Uh, it was so hard when I lost, so hard when I you know struck out in baseball or didn't get a hit. And I I was debating on whether to share this today, but I'm just going to share it anyways. Um, there was this tweet that went out. Uh, I think you know, when I was a junior in high school and the, the, the page was like a recruiting page, uh, for, you know, for baseball and whatever. And the picture that was on the video, uh, like struck some kid out and this kid goes absolutely berserk. He like slams his bat and he does all this stuff. That kid was me. I was the kid that slammed the bat and it went viral because they were like, what is this kid doing? So that taught me uh, a big lesson about how to handle your frustration. And you may not know who's ever watching, especially on social media nowadays. That was one of the things that helped me a lot in tennis was the culture of tennis at the time was you don't show your emotions. Mm. You know, you, you stuff them. You don't let your opponent see that they're getting to you. And so just that sport alone taught me so much on how to manage my emotions, manage my face. Yeah. What am I saying with my body language, with my face? And so that it helped me a lot growing up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely a learning process for sure. But Robert, today I really wanted to have you on to talk about how athletes can connect with God in sports. And you know, there's so many different ways of doing this practically. And I really just wanted to ask you straight up, how can athletes connect with God through sports, either, you know, playing, practicing, or just watching really? Yeah, I would say realizing that God is there with us is a massive first step. I remember one of the the big uh, changes in my life that I always thought that God was in a building, right? He was at church, you know, and so I always had this mindset that why well, go to church to spend time with God. I, I go to a location or I pray when, you know, it's nighttime or in the morning. So for me growing up, I always had this mindset of God was limited to a location or a time. And so knowing that God is with us as we walk through things, as we are playing our sport, just that is a massive shift. If we can know that God's given us the Holy Spirit to be there with us, 
that his presence is there with us, that's a game changer just, just to realize and acknowledge that. So, uh, I, I would say that that's a really good first step to, um, experiencing God in sports is to realize that he's there and that he's available. How is, how is, sports helped you connect with others in church and churches and eventually that, you know, that led you into ministry. Cause you have a, you've had a really interesting journey on coming to where you are now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, n- not the way most people get into, get, get into ministry. But, um, so I was in a motorcycle accident when I was living in Destin, Florida, and I'd learned to walk again. And, you know, growing up as an athlete and, and knowing what your body was capable of and being pushed, uh, I hadn't gone through something very hard like that. I I didn't really have major injuries when I was playing tennis. Uh, just blessed that I didn't. But this motorcycle accident and learning how to walk again really opened my eyes to what is possible. So that's actually when I became a personal trainer, went to school to take classes to learn about what your body can really do. And so I started wanting to teach other people, like, hey, look at this body that God is giving us. It's amazing. Look how it can recover. Look what it can overcome in spite of physical setbacks and mental setbacks. Look what our body is designed to do. So I started teaching classes at my church, uh, just how to live healthy, you know, different foods and things like that. And then uh, when I moved here to Jacksonville, I started doing the same thing. And we just started leading sports groups. We started uh, praying with guys, you know, during breaks. So we had football groups. And hey, halftime, we're just giving out water, Gatorade, and we're and we're sharing with guys, you know, why we love Jesus. Same thing all over soccer. I mean, volleyball. We were just doing the same model with different sports. Next thing you know, we had over six hundred people playing sports between all these different. Sports. We had like four soccer groups, five flag football groups. It was just amazing because people knew, hey, this is a good, safe place. Like people were coming multiple languages. Some people didn't even understand what we were saying. (laughs) But, you know, people knew, hey, I can come here and this is safe. Because in a lot of environments, sports, it's not safe. There's a lot of ton of competition, ton of stress, ton of fear that's associated with playing that sport. And so um, that actually was leading me into ministry was the fact that I was just sharing with other people uh, as as I was doing my my day, the things that I enjoyed, I was just sharing with people uh, as I had the opportunity. And so that was really what led me into, I guess you could say, ministry and working for the church is I came on to work with groups and to help uh, grow this and steward all the people that were involved. That you brought up a very interesting point of you know stress and being uncomfortable in sports nowadays. What do you think that's from? Because I mean, there as an athlete growing up, you're you have so many different things coming at you with you know recruiting and you want to be your best and you know, there's a lot of identity issues there. What do you think is the reason for all that stress and, com- and discomfort uh, when it comes to sports nowadays? Yeah, that's a great question. I think competition kind of naturally brings uh, a little bit of stress um, because you are competing, right? You're doing your best. No one wants to fail. You don't go into a sport wanting to lose (laughs) for the most part. And so um, that brings natural stress. But I would say the world that we live in with social media and the attention that athletes get is it does add a level of stress because like you mentioned, so many people are watching. So it's not like you're just failing or making mistakes in front of 
you know, your groups and peers in a small town, like you have the potential to make massive mistakes that millions of people are going to see. And that just brings a whole new level of stress upon us to know that one small mistake could, that's what you could be popular for. (laughs) And you don't want to be popular for that. So um, I I would say that um, sports have, because athletes are elevated, which is not bad in itself, but because athletes are elevated to this uh, idle position that we we lift people up, right, and, and, and we value them and we want to be like them, but it creates so much stress upon people that doesn't need to be there. So I would say there's a lot of added stress that doesn't necessarily need to exist. Therefore, we have to be careful uh, as people that are following Jesus as we play sports, to make sure that we don't take that stress and put it on our shoulders, right? And and so we have a choice. Like, you have a choice if you're going to let all of these things, all of the, the videos, the footage, right? Even in your scenario, like, you can have a setback and so many people can see it, but that doesn't have to be who you are, doesn't have to be your identity. You know, it's one mistake, even though millions of people have said it and seen it. You can trust God to give you peace and joy in spite of that. So it's super tough. No, it is. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good word too. And yeah, that's it's so hard today, like you just said, with so many eyes on you all at one time. Uh, especially, I mean, if you get into professional sports, you are plastered all over social media, all over TVs. And in your experiences as an athlete, I know I have had many things as an athlete that I would love to go back and redo. If you could go back in time as an athlete, would you? what would you do differently to prioritize your relationship with Christ better or if, uh, if you could say more? I would slow down. I think as when I played tennis, it was just go, 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 right? During the summer, you went to camps to get better. Uh, it was just nonstop. I mean, you practiced every day, whether it was playing the sport, training, getting better. I mean, it just never seemed to stop. Didn't matter what time of the day it was or what year, like you were conditioning and you were trying to get better, studying film and research and all of these things. And so I would say, looking back, I would take time to slow down. Um, there, there would be times where I play back-to-back tennis matches, right? And, and you're playing in this league and then that league and you're traveling here and traveling there. And so for me, it's hard to enjoy something when you just move so fast. It just becomes redundant. It, it becomes a job. It, be, it becomes a task that you do. And so looking back, I wish I would have took more moments to play tennis for fun. And just went out there, maybe by myself, and just played, you know. And that's why I enjoy tennis so much now. When I go and play, I'm playing for fun. I enjoy it. There's a joy that comes out of me. I even laugh when I hit a horrible shot, you know, because I'm like, wow, that was super bad, you know. And and so I wish I could go back and and say, slow down. Take moments. Enjoy this moment. And, and, and realize, hey, I get to do this. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And that's so hard, too, uh, especially in, in the moment, because you you want to perform your best, and you may want to you know get a scholarship, you may want to just be the best on your team. And yeah, that can suck the fun out of you, uh, fun out of it a, a lot of the time. And, you know, we're talking about connecting with Christ in sports today. 
how can athletes practically feel i get like quote unquote feel feel christ in the sports that they play and like how can they see christ through the sports that they play i would say what comes out of you when you play mm. you, you know as as you're playing a sport um what is the byproduct and i'm not just talking about your performance right i'm talking about like your attitude like what what's coming out of you when you're winning what's coming out of you when you're losing um for me tennis wasn't a team sport right and so it was just me when I hit a good shot it was my fault (laughs) and 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 when I hit a bad shot it was my fault and and so I didn't have anybody else to depend on or lean on everything revolved around me and and so for me it's it's super important for us to realize that our attitude matters because it's something that's on the inside of us that's coming out right if you think about a, a fruit, when you go to squeeze that fruit like an orange, what comes out of it is what's on the inside. So what comes out of us in stress, what comes out of us when we play, well, th- that's the things that are on the inside. And that's where God works. God works on the inside. He's working on our heart. He's working on our motives. He's working on our thoughts. And so what to evaluate what comes out of us, that's really hard. You know, when a friend or peer tells you, hey, you know what, you shouldn't have got mad or blown up like that, or you shouldn't have responded that way, that is so important. I tell my son two things when he plays sports. I'm like, did you have fun, number one, and did you image Jesus well? And what I mean by that is his actions. I mean, there's been times he plays tackle football, he just smashes a kid, runs him over, right, and and scores a touchdown. I'm like, you better go back and pick him up, you, you know? Like, I get it. It's a sport, but but we don't take a sport and put that over people, you know? And, and so how we image God and what we do matters what comes out of us. Yeah, yeah and, and that's so important, especially as you get older and you start to mature and people, you know, start to come to Christ as mature believers. When you do play sports, they see how you act more than you know what you what you may uh do off the field uh and yeah sports are uh, i like to say they're a microcosm of life because you can have so many different life lessons and christian lessons too within sports that come out robert do you think that god makes athletes to specifically play sports because i i've been wrestling with this question ever since i wrote it i honestly i don't know i don't know either way that's good. No, I love this question. That's such a good question. I I believe God gives us gifts and talents, right? He gives us unique gifts and talents for us to use, and it's our gift back to God how we use them. And so, so many times we get stuck in a purpose, and we're trying to find, God, what have you called me to do? And what you notice is when we struggle with that is it, it doesn't bring a lot of fruit. A lot of good things happen because we're so worried about doing the right thing. Like, am I doing what God wants me to do? Or am I pleasing other people? That that mindset limits you. It kind of keeps you in a box. And so I believe the opposite. I believe God's given us gifts and talents and abilities and strengths to make a difference in this world. And He allows us to choose how to use them. And so... Uh, someone could be great at football, right? And they could become a coach. They may never play professional football, but they could be a coach and impact people in that way. Or, or great, they played professional football and, and they, they made it to the Super Bowl, right? Or, or playoffs or whatever. It, 
there's so many ways that we could image God and make a difference in this world with the gifts that He's given us. But I look at it as a gift. We are returning that gift to God. We're saying, God, thank you for what you've given me. Now, how I steward that is my gift back to you. And you even see this in the Bible, and I believe it's in Revelation, where it talks about we will lay our crowns down one day to the feet of God. And, and that crown is the things that we've earned, right? The, the very things that God is giving us, we're going to get back to God and say, God, thank you. Thank you for what you've given me. You actually deserve this crown. You deserve the honor and the glory. And so um, there's a lot of freedom, really, in following God. So many people think Christians are stuck in a box and there's things that we can't do, but I, I debate the opposite. There's a lot that we get to do. Yeah, yeah, and you definitely brought that up in, in your new book, Hidden Fruit. Uh, that is that I read that entire thing. It was so good, and I, that was a major part of it too. And when you just said, you know, you, as Christians, we're not stuck in a box. We have actually more freedom to do what Christ calls us to do. But what was the inspiration behind that book? Obviously, you've written a couple others before. What was the inspiration behind the new one? Yeah, I just seen so many people who say that they follow Jesus, say that they follow God, and just don't have joy and don't have peace, mm. right? And I'm like, wait a second. When I read this in Galatians, this is a promise. And there's not a lot of promises in the Bible, right? So when I see something that's a promise, that should get my attention. And so... I read this and I'm like, wow, this is a promise because it's a fruit of God's presence in my life. It's not a fruit of me. And so therefore, I get to experience love and joy and peace and all the fruit because it's a byproduct of Him in my life. So I tell people, judge by the fruit, right? And and, and I'm not always talking about performance, is, is what is coming out of me. That's how I know how pressed into God I am. When I could get angry, when, when I'm justified, even when I'm right, that this is what's so hard for us. Even when I'm right and I could say something and do something and be completely justified, what God's asking us to do is respond differently in love and, and, and to help that person have peace and, and to have self-control. That is what's so amazing about following God is we get so much more than, than maybe we could do in our own strength. And so it's absolutely amazing what we get to experience with the fruit of His presence. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love that principle and just the inspiration behind the entire book because that's all, like throughout the entire thing, you see all these life lessons and topics and different things that you bring up. And one thing that really stuck out to me was this quote, I actually wrote it down, you don't need to sacrifice when Jesus has already done that for you. And I wanted to twist this question as a you know as an athlete from an athlete perspective. How can athletes remember that you know we should work hard? Yes, but that can't be everything, and it can't be what is an idol in our lives behind besides Jesus. Yeah, it's so easy to be performance based. It just really is. You, you know, it's easy to check off boxes. This is why even as Christians, we get stuck in the in the works mindset. It's just so easy to say, well, I did this, and then therefore God loves me, or I'm a good person. It's just so easy to get stuck in performance-based mentality. And even uh, Paul talks about this. I was reading 1 Timothy 4, 7 the other day, and, and he says, training your body is good. Mm. Like, it is good. There is value mm. in training and in discipline and, and in performance, Right using the gifts and talents God's given us to make a difference, there's value 
in that. But he also goes on to say that the ultimate goal is is godliness, is to image him. It's it's to show the world what Jesus is like. And so what happens is when we are performance-based, we get the glory. Everybody looks at us, right? Wow, he is so good at what he does. He he is amazing. That's how we can kind of tell that we're more focused on what we're doing and how we look versus pointing to the person who actually gave us the gift in the first place. And 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 I will say, look, I've trained as an athlete. I understand you can work hard and get better. I get that, right? You got to steward what God's given you. I, I agree on that, right? Well, you work hard and you see the fruit from it, right? You, you see the benefit from hard discipline. But who's getting the glory? At the end of the day, are people drawn to Jesus because of your actions or are they drawn to you? Do they bring your glory? Even with social media, how you use social media, does it bring you the attention, you the glory, or are you showing people, hey, I have this gift because God has blessed me, He's taken care of me, He's protected me from injury, right? I mean, it's so easy to get injured, and so God, God can protect us. So um, th- that that's the trick right there, is, is not being so focused on that performance where we get all the attention. Yeah. Obviously, it's very hard to, you know, not make it about you, especially, I mean, in solo sports like tennis and golf and everything, you are the athlete, like you're the team, that's it. And I'm sure it was much more difficult um, for you, you know, as a solo athlete, trying to block out all of that glory and all of that uh, temptation that comes comes along with being an athlete. And it's just something to navigate, right? I mean, every job has something to navigate. Even me as a pastor, always on stage, always in front of people, like you always have things that you're going to have to navigate in what you do and taking that attention that you get and stewarding it well, right? And say, okay, God has trusted me to do this, right? Presidents, leaders, everyone, we've all been given positions and God trusts us with them. And so it will bring us attention. And, And there's nothing wrong with the attention as long as you steward it well. And so you don't have to, you know, avoid being popular, right? Yeah. I, I mean, so many people have been impacted by just like Billy Graham, you know, and so what you can make such a big difference in this world. And so the popularity is not the problem. It's how we treat it, how we respond. Does the popularity get inside of us? Or do we take that and, and make a difference in the world with it? Yeah, absolutely. That's And there's so many great Christian athletes, even Christians, that example that so well. I mean, Tim Tebow comes to mind, Tony Dungy. I mean, so many athletic Christian athletic figures. And Robert, as, as we do start to wrap up today, this last question, I mean, I think, I think it wraps a bow on your book in this conversation too. How can athletes practice peace and rest, something you know that you discuss in the book uh, thoroughly? How can they emphasize that while playing sports? Yeah, I think you just have to invite God in. You know, this goes back to what I was saying earlier. We can get so busy that we just don't even consider God as a part of it, right? And so um, just like what we would do with sports, okay, halftime. Look, guys, we're taking a break. We're exhausted anyways. <laughs> we're going to sit here, have Gatorade. And instead of letting our conversation be driven around what we're eating or doing that night or whatever it would lend to, hey, let's stay focused. Let's invite God into this moment, and let's make this a beneficial moment. And so... We experience God when we let Him be a part of it. And this applies to every aspect of our life, is to slow down, find intentional moments, 
in your day, in your rhythm, wherever you are, and just to invite God in. That's why I love when you go to football games and you see guys praying in the end zone or huddled up at the end of the, at the end of the game, uh, praying. You've just, you've got to find your way to invite God in and to let Him be a part of it. And so that's going to look different for every athlete, every person that plays a sport. No one's the same. God's created us all uniquely. He speaks to us in unique ways. And so we have to be aware of that and and to use that. So that that's important to, to find time. Yeah. Come to the Father and He will give you peace. He will give you rest. That's, that's so big, especially as athletes today. But Robert, I, I really appreciate you coming on today. I, I will encourage anyone and everyone to go read your book. And it's a, a privilege to talk with you today. Thank you so much. It's been great. Awesome. Well, for all of our listeners out there, please make sure to share this episode and subscribe to the show. It means more to us than you know. Uh, But if you don't get anything else from this, just remember this. Jesus loves you and he's going to fight for you no matter what. Talk to you next time.